Listen to this Acast show ad-free on Amazon Music with your Prime membership or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. The Square Ball Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Square Ball Podcast number 139. I'm Dan Moylan. I've got with me Michael Normanson. Hello. And Daniel Chapman, Moscow White. Hello. Our summer special is now completely sold out. However, digital versions are now available from the website as well as subscriptions for this forthcoming season, uh, paper and digital, all at the squareball.net. Well, thank the Lord, the football is back, gentlemen. And are we pleased about that? Well, pleased that we're going up. Certainly. 100% record, two wins from two. Repeat that throughout the entire season. I think everything will be fine. We're going up, Michael, are we? Uh, yes, as long as we, we continue to play Conference North teams, that's fine. If we give the championship a go, what do you reckon we're going to do there? Probably win all but two games. From what I saw of the York game, we're the best team I've ever seen. It was very good. Obviously, there was a downside, which meant that the uh, the fairly routine and decent win over guys the next night looked absolute dog shit by comparison. So everybody's expectations were raised and then only beating Geisley 2-1. What? Yeah, it did, it did feel like a bit of a letdown after the... The total football that we destroyed York with. To put it in proper context, first time we've beaten York at Bootham Crescent since 1968. Albert, right? Yeah, Albert Johansson scored the last time we beat York up there. So, um, so a significant, it's a sign that history is turning. Things are going back in our favour. Marcel Bielsa is dispelling those hoodoos one by one. We play them every year as well. How have we managed that? <laughs> Just, <laughs> well, we've been shit for years. Oh, okay. No, not all those years though. It was the big difference. Like, I went to York last year and saw the, we were talking last time, it was the back three of Ronaldo Vieira, uh, Matches Click and Lawrence Debock was our, our back three and we drew 1-1 in the end. Um, Yasuki Diguchi did his best and that's all I remember really <laughs> about. That's fake praise indeed. And, uh, but this time, I mean, that was basically the first team, but without any uh, new signings um, and assuming we sell Calvin Phillips and it was absolutely fine. And what were the highlights then? Anything to pick out of this? Calvin Phillips, his replacement, Alfred McCalmont. I don't know if he's a christened Alfie, but I like to think he's an Alfred. Was uh, very good at the back, sort of drifting into midfield, playing between the, the centre-halves, but then popping up ahead of Adam Forshaw. That's what we want from uh, from that role. So we'll uh, we'll take the 11 million on offer for Calvin Phillips and uh, and give Alfred his head. <laughs> the newly uh, the newly hench Jack Harrison was very good I thought. Is he more hench than he was? I'd say so. He look maybe it's just York a feeble side. Now John Parkins left maybe against him maybe he would have looked small but yeah I don't know he looked he looked a bit beefier and a lot lot better than all of their players which was encouraging. Pablo was still very good which is nice to know. Uh, I thought Roof was lively as well. Bamford yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, bless. I feel sorry for Bamford because he's going to score a lot of goals. He's going to have a good season this season, but he was taking a few pelters from the crowd, wasn't he? Not loads. Yeah, he doesn't need that, but he also, like, he had that one shot, very good shot, but it hit the post. And then he tried a ridiculous overhead kick. And it was one of the, I was watching him a bit and thinking, I just have this feeling that we'll be going through into like the, the Bristol City match and it will be, well, Bamford, no goals in pre-season and uh, a little bit short on confidence. Really hope he hits the ground running and it will be, that will be kind of the start of the season when I would love, like, I'd love us to have beaten York 10-0 and uh, Bamford had got the five, the extra five. Um, he needs to start hitting the net. It's no good if he keeps hitting the post. And people need to stop shouting things at him as well. It's one thing moaning like on here, because we will, uh, yes. and on Twitter, but you know, in a stadium, particularly somewhere like York where you can hear things 
individuals are saying. Like, it's not going to do him any good just yelling shit at him, is it? So what you're saying is slag people off as long as they can't hear it. Exactly, behind the back, out of of sight. Would he have understood it anyway? Could he speak the language of the poor? (laughs) Is Is it just like the indistinct shouting that he hears from the staff below stairs? It's like, oh, they're they're making noise again. I don't know what they're saying. Something about the agra, I think. So maybe it's fine. Just as long as, long as you're not nicely spoken and uh, don't know any long words, you can shout anything you want at Pat Bamford because he won't get it. What do you think about our centre halves? Well, I don't think we need to buy any. That much is clear. Pascal Strike and um, who was the other child that came on? Casey looked brilliant. And Strike played left back for a bit, and then he was meandering up the up the wing at certain points. I quite I quite like the look of these. Do you think we're going to do a Sheffield United and start having uh, overlapping centre halves? Maybe that's the because he said, didn't he, Bielsa? He's got a plan to get right what went wrong last year. Maybe that's it. Maybe he's seen Chris Wilder because he acknowledged Wilder's wingers plan. I said it was rubbish though. He said he tried that in the past and never been able to make it work. So well done, Chris, which I think was kind of like, yeah, I don't know why Chris is messing about with that stupid idea that I, I dismissed out of hand 10 years ago. But yeah, I mean, like leaping to the, the Geisley match when uh, Ben White played, he loved to dribble forward. He was like, oh, and yes, one of the highlights of the York game actually was it got so easy in the first half. Berardi went running right up to the edge of their penalty area, like two foot tackling their defenders. <laughs> I think he just got bored at the back. So it was like, it was the old, uh, you know, when David Batty got um, into trouble against Sampdoria in the Makita tournament. And when I asked him about that, he said, well, pre-season friendly, why don't you do what you want? I think Berardi had a touch of that about him. Do what I want. Go up there. Might kick a few people. Interesting to see Kiko apologising to people as well. What? Just oh, just his first thing he did? I, I missed that entirely. Something along the lines of, I'm sorry, I'm from Barcelona, I think he was saying. Something like that. I can't remember what it was. Apparently he did. He went to some fans at the, the front and did kind of offer some apologies for, for what happened. I don't know exactly what he said or whether they'd like, somebody was yelling at him, but yes, several people have said he was... Uh, it was Liam Cooper's fault. <laughs> Contrite. Or he was just blaming Cooper. It's, it's, I mean... As far as I'm aware, Liam Cooper didn't go over and apologise to anybody. So maybe the advantage of being a goalkeeper, I guess, is uh, the downside is you have to listen to everybody behind the goal. Um, but the upside is that you can turn around and um, say sorry and or tell them to fuck off. Uh, did you spend that entire Geisley game, same as me, hoping that Helder Costa, as he seems to have everything on his shoulders this year, not get snapped? That was it. <laughs> they did start that, Matt. I mean, poor old... Aliowski ended up being subbed off injured after he spent most of the game whinging, crying, falling over, being on the ground, complaining to the referee, arguing with people, being very upset. <laughs> Didn't get the concept of pre-season. No. Well, I mean, surely somebody must have said to Geisley, like, don't two-foot uh, these really expensive footballers. But they uh, they were well into it. If we could have brought Berardi on to sort them out, it might have helped. Yeah, there was some rough, rough treatment handed out. Aliowski doesn't have a... He doesn't have an off switch though, does he? He's he's a method actor. He'll continue this. He'd be playing in the park and still whinging to an imaginary ref, wouldn't he? He's a, it's just the way he's made. The, the Geisley match was kind of a case of like contrasting it with the night before and waiting for them to kind of kick into gear, which I think towards the, the second half, they did sort of play themselves into form. There's a lot of players like Leif Davis was playing centre half and he's a left back as far as I'm aware. We were trying uh, matches bogus as a, uh, behind the strikers for the first time. We didn't have a striker. Uh, so the front three was uh, Jordan Stevens, Jack Clark, Helder Costa. And it's really funny. They seem to be having this kind of competition to see who, which two of them could drift out wide first. And then the one like, like piggy in the middle, like, oh God, I have to go up front then. 
So we, yeah, we'd have like two of them standing on the right wing and one of them standing on the left wing and nobody in the middle. So there was a lot that was kind of like, this is the, the match where you have to remember all the cliches that the York Resort and the performance got rid of where you say, it's just about minutes in the bank, getting some time on the pitch, getting the fitness back. No, playing York, we showed that it's about proving that you are the new Ajax of 1972. But then Geisley, it was, you just have to go, no, it's not minutes. about... Yeah, it doesn't matter if we've got a striker or not. It's just getting the players on the pitch. How much do you attribute the weaker Geisley performance to uh, Bailey Peacock-Farrell being in goal for it, Moscow? Nine minutes it, it took him to concede a goal. I mean, that's about how long it took him to get down the shot as well. Um, <laughs> have you clipped a video ready to add to the I have not. show reel? I have not. I the shit reel? I'd, uh, I'd leave. It's noticed that they uh, they didn't let him play at York again because I think he doesn't have good memories of Booth and Crescent. Geisley is perhaps now somewhere he can't go back to. He was. I'm not imagining that he was quite bad for that goal, wasn't he? He kind of seemed to kneel down as the player came through, like forming, I think they tell goalkeepers, like form a gate. And the shot wasn't even that hard, but it just like it knocked the gate open and just went in anyway. Maybe over the line. if he dropped to his knees, maybe that was his literal come and get me plea to Burnley. Well, I mean, subbed off at halftime, the only change that was made at halftime. And then he's not, really. he's not gone to Australia, has he? Despite them... Um, making him go through uh, LUTV, made him do the what do you know about Australia quiz and Luke Ayling as well, neither of whom have gone. Luke Ayling, because he's got a, he's had a kick in training as Thomas Christensen used to say. He's like, what is the injury? Uh, he has had a kick. So that's happened to Luke Ayling. And what's wrong with uh, Bailey Peacock Farrell? Everything. Not everything, just some things like stopping balls and going in the net and stuff. Music looked good though. He didn't let any goals in. <laughs> Watched him closely, were you? Didn't need to. He didn't draw attention to himself. Held Costa scored his first goal. First of many. First of our record-breaking 100-goal season. You know, I've, had, I've had a premonition, by the way, you know, about the Bristol game. Yes. 4-0 to Leeds. I'm glad you clarified. Bamford 2, Costa mm. 1. Maybe Roof gets the other one. Okay. Get your money on it. I'll bet on the opposite. His goal was uh, well finished. I, I did enjoy the kind of the... Um, the turning circle that him and the, the player he went round went through. It's like he, took, he went around a, a, a huge uh, wide arc around this player who didn't seem to understand what was going on. But, but that's fine because it's Geisley. And then, yeah, running, good finish. Bogus's goal was the one though, really, wasn't it? Because that was so Jack Clark. No, it was Jamie Shackleton dribbling across the pitch. Give it wide to Costa. Put it back to click and then click. There's a nice little scoop in there as well, which I like to see. Yeah, which we were seeing loads of them last season. It was Hernandez's big themes, like trying to scoop it to the byline for a winger or a fullback. And it's good that um, Click was straight onto that with Helder Costa. So he's quickly learned how to do that and then volley across. And normally it would be uh, Luke Ayling or Barry Douglas would be in there. But um, it's good that it was bogus getting in on the end of it. And there was nothing bogus about the finish. It was p- very legit. Too legit to quit, if you asked MC Hammers for his opinion. We haven't brought anybody else in yet. Doesn't it feel to you like our squad's a bit thin? No, it's, it's fat with children. It's absolutely fine. Look at them all. No one Kenny looked ready. Exactly. How old is he? 12 or something? At, at least. At least that. <laughs> I so mean, he's a giant, fine. but, you know, he, he looked good. I liked him. Already now, there's like unreasonable levels of excitement about him because he's played half a game against Geisley and looked all right. Linked to P- PSG won him. PSG won him, you know. PSG won him. Well, following the footsteps of... Um, Our feeder club. Of, mm-hmm. of other 16-year-olds to make the debut for Leeds, like Tom Elliott. James Milner. James Milner, he, he did mm-hmm. do it, actually. He's, he'll do all right, probably. A.D. White, also another... I'm mm-hmm. sure he was 16 when he made his debut. How was. old was uh, Chris Dawson? Hmm. He, I think in, in body he was about 12. 
He's just gone to Scarborough, I think, Chris Dawson, hasn't he? Signed for Scarborough Athletic, yes. He said that he'd, uh, he'd impressed last year against them for Grantham. So they've snapped him up again. What about Romain Sawyers, guy from Brentford, their captain? I like the look of him, if only from YouTube. Because again, <laughs> that's pretty much my single reference point these days for football. Yeah, Kimar Roof likes it. He liked his Instagram post anyway, which was Flames. which was enough to mean he's definitely signing and very good. And LUFC Data on Twitter did a, a lot of tweets that made him sound perfect for a Bielsa team. And when I say perfect for a Bielsa team, there was a heavy implication of better than Adam Forshaw. So given that there were rumours about Forshaw to Fulham earlier, Scotty Parker can spot a slow-moving sideways passer of a football. So if he wants to snap up Forshaw for his uh, his season, we'll take... Goal machine, the, uh, Adam Forshaw, remember. <laughs> It's funny, because, yes, because he scored against um, York, but you'd see his, his efforts about two minutes before that when uh, Pablo Hernandez did his brilliant counter-attack from our penalty area, got to the edge of their box, squared it for uh, Forshaw, who then first time strike sliced it off the side of his foot out for like 90 degrees for a throw-in. And he ran back laughing about it. And then, yeah, two minutes later he scored, but I'd maybe not put my faith in him to to be bagging. Do we, is it by beware here, given the, the midfielder Brentford have sold us uh, before? Dave. Dave Diogoraga. Mm. Mm. Maybe. Well, they also sold us uh, Stuart Dallas. I thought you meant Dallas then when you said that. No, no. <laughs> you, you, how quickly you forget Diogoraga. He was going to transform our midfield, wasn't he, at one point? According to Steve Evans. How oh, was that Steve Evans signing? I think he was a Steve Evans signing. Oh, okay. Yeah. That explains a lot. Steve Evans, who you remember, transformed uh, Suleiman Dakara because he said when Evans arrived at the club, his heart was crying. <laughs> and he quickly fixed that. <laughs> Turned his life around. So nobody else in, not even Gary Cahill, which was, that, that wasn't even one of our rumours, was it? No, but it had to be, uh, there's still, it's like hanging around on news now with kind of like, this Premier League defender would be the perfect Pontus Janssen replacement, and then, but Leeds have no interest in signing him. To go along with the other story that is, we sold Pontus Janssen for financial fair play reasons, so we're going to sign Gary Cahill on £80,000 a week. It makes perfect sense. Speaking of Janssen, there's still been a little bit of uh, flotsam bobbing about on the surface of this one, hasn't there? Well, it all happened while we were, like it was confirmed that he'd gone while we were in the studio recording last time. So we didn't have the benefit of him claiming he was sold for money. And then the, the stories in the newspapers for the rest of the week with club sources pointing out everything he'd ever done wrong in his entire life. Argued with Bielsa about what date he should come back this summer, which seems to have been the final straw. Argued with Paul Heckingbottom, who was trying to instill discipline by not letting him wear a cap in the canteen. Fighting with Kyle Bartley and Matt Grimes. My favourite is riding roughshod over Thomas Christensen, which I can well believe. And uh, and yeah, I would have shipped him out just for that. I like Thomas Christensen. You can't ride roughshod over TC. Lovely man like that. I did enjoy his claims that Brentford was the only club for him. Do you think he misunderstood the idea they were the only one in for him? <laughs> no, he, well, the, he rang them, didn't he, apparently? He got Martin Darlene to get in touch. He said, that's the club I want to go to. The full quote is great because he says um, that, yeah, he, he asked Martin Darlene to contact them directly because they're one of the biggest teams in the championship. And I think even he realises how stupid it is what he's saying because he says, oh, well, maybe not the biggest team, but for me, uh, one of the best when they when they have their good day. <laughs> And he just got down to so it, what he's but. saying, when you're good, you're good. Oh, they can beat anybody on the day now, but uh, and he yeah. Al- he also was forced to admit that he did actually want to play in the Premier League, but you know he didn't want to go out to another country. So this was maybe a chance to one day play there if Brentford have 
Forty six good days in a row. <laughs> I mean, it does sound like bullshit. Where he's saying his ambition is to play in the Premier League, but I didn't want to sit and wait for the right club to make an offer later in the summer so and let this chance to join Brentford pass me by. Like, if you really thought a Premier League club, if you really thought Southampton were going to come in with a bid for you at the end of the window, you're not going to say no, I can't miss out on the chance. It's with Brentford, it's now or never. And then even Brentford's director of football was like, yeah, we weren't even interested in signing Pontus Janssen, but then we found out he's available. Martin Darling phoned us up and said, do you want him? We're like, yeah, all right. Even the quote, I didn't want to sit and wait for the right club. <laughs> that's, what you should, I think that's what you should do. It's like the worst advice ever. I mean, we'll go like David from Barclays that uh, also Janssen, Mrs. Pontus, uh, thanks. If he was responsible for this advice... It's just, yeah, weird. It's, it's a rum old do, isn't it? The whole thing. A lot of what he's saying there, he's trying to pander to the Brentford crowd, but also be honest at the same time. And it's just coming out a bit wrong. Yeah. Brentford don't even have a crowd. Don't, don't <laughs> well, not, bother trying to please them. There's not enough of them to worry about. Not anymore because they're all being banned um, for uh, like the same week that this has been announced. Brentford said they're banning some of their supporters who gave tickets to Leeds fans for the match last season. So they've got even fewer people there now. Poor souls. Poor souls. The, I mean, the truth on this probably is somewhere in the middle that the club did kind of want rid. He was a bit of a troublemaker, but then there's also a decent bit of money in it. Gets one of the high earners off the wage bill. There's obviously a lot of propaganda being pushed from both sides on it, but yeah, the truth probably is just somewhere in the middle. And, it's, and probably a lot more dull than we think. Yeah, exactly. Well, so like we were saying last week, Marcelo Bielsa has just decided he doesn't want him for whatever reasons. And if it is this business of him saying he wanted to come back later than the other players, then he should know after a year of Bielsa that's not going to play out. And it sounded like Bielsa's just not really dug his act since he arrived. So and that's fair enough. The manager says, don't fancy him. And if the club hierarchy then go like, oh, well, fine, we'll get some money for him. It's happy days all around. The only problem is whether uh, Noah Kenny is ready to to replace him for 46 games ahead. <laughs> Let's do some quickfire stuff through the rest of them then. Uh, Calvin's gone to Australia and by the sounds of it, Grapevine suggests that he's staying. Are we happy now? Ish. When the transfer window closes. Yeah, the, the reports today are that Spurs are, are waiting for his contract talks with Leeds to break down <laughs> so that they can come in with a low ball offer at the end of the uh, transfer window, which would be very Daniel Levi. So there's still that risk there. Villa seem to have uh, gone away with their £11 million, but Bournemouth and Wolves and Spurs are still the, the major threats. But he's telling people he wants to stay. I kind of fancy he might stay, but with a, a big contract and also surely a promise that, you know, if we don't go up, you can leave. We need we can't keep him forever, can we? We can't hold him. We can't enslave him to play for Leeds United for the rest of his days. I mean, the way this season is kind of building up, I think if we don't get promoted this season, we're probably just going to have to close the football club down entirely. So, 100 years, giving it a good run. It does feel like the old shit or bust promotions are must. Do you remember that? Was yes. it Square Ball, did they do that? 89-90? I don't know if it was us, but there were definitely there were t-shirts with that on. Yeah, it um, feels like that again. I look forward to the end of the year when we have to sell Calvin Phillips for 15 million to buy Helder Costa, even though he's just had a disastrous season in which he's scored two goals in uh, in 13 appearances. After his injury. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> well, Tottenham take back Jack Clark and instantly sell him to Barcelona for 50 million pounds. Never plays a game for them. Anyway, let's move on through these other ones. Click to Burnley. <sighs> no, never happening. I'm not interested. <laughs> They're also supposed to be after uh, Kemar Roof. Is there's apparently a double swoop. No, thanks. And then turning into a, a triple, I don't know if it's a double swoop, that's fine. What's a triple one? Is it a triple whammy if they take uh, Bailey Peacock Farrell as well to be a bad like <laughs> 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 Well, that's, 
that doesn't seem to be. I mean, Kamar Roof's going to Rangers, isn't he? Apparently not. The story on that was very weird. That someone had told Rangers they could buy him for not very much, and then, but the person who seems to have told them was just not real. Some prankster. Yeah. <laughs> An agent claiming to act for Roof. Yeah, but I get phone calls all the time from people pretending to be from Microsoft. So there's a problem with your computer. Is there? There's a problem with our roof. Is there? But yeah, it sounds like somebody's tried to, like, if they could have got enough interest and they go back to Kemar and say, sorted your move out, mate. When you look at the way transfers happen, there's all kinds of weird shit goes on, so. Vernon Anita? Yes. Uh, him, he, like, quick round. So Vernon Anita has been negotiating his exit from Leeds for what seems like about three weeks since this was first reported. Probably to Pathan, Pan, Panath, to the Greek champions. <laughs> Panathinaikos, I'm sorry, that's really offensive. If anyone listening in Greece is saying, listening, um, Panathinaikos or... <laughs> Panathinaikos. Them. That'd be the, no, I mean, that's an English way of saying it anyway, but... Yeah, so it's all wrong. At least it? the letters are vaguely in the right order. Or a team in Holland, he wants somebody to pay him 400,000 euros a season, basically. I very much enjoyed there. you calling him Salford the other week, you know, by the way. I don't care what I call them. If I wait for long enough, will someone pay me 400,000 euros? Um, if you keep asking, it's like, I want somebody in Holland to pay me 400,000 uh, I, I do. I'll put that on record now. I do want someone to pay me 400,000 euros. There's also, uh, it sounds like we tried to get a bidding war going for Heidi Sacco between two Turkish clubs, but the second one didn't want him. So he's just going to Denzilla Sport, the way he was going in the first place. And then Caleb Ekuban, fresh from missing the crucial penalty that meant Ghana were knocked out of the African Cup of Nations. He's now on holiday uh, with his girlfriend. All the Ghanaian newspapers have picked up on the photos of him and his uh, good-looking Italian lady friend smiling again after the, the, the despair of missing that penalty. And he's changed his Instagram bio to say, uh, Trabs on Spore, no longer says Leeds. I think that's where he was on loan uh, last season, but they're, they're, yeah, they, they're the people who said that they would, uh, Leeds would have to give them £10 million not to sign him permanently. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like he's off as well. Ones who've definitely gone. Slight eyebrow at Sam Dalby. Yeah, it, he signed January 2018 from Leighton Orient. He'd already been in their first team. Very exciting striker. Uh, did nothing in our under-23s. Went on loan to Morecambe, played two sub-appearances. And now he's signed for Watford in the Premier League. It's one of those that if he'd gone to... Fleetwood, we'd have gone, oh, okay, fine, mm. not bothered. Because he's gone to a Premier League team, you sort of think. It's like if an ex gets together with someone more attractive than you'd expect and you feel slightly miffed. I did read the theory that it could be a case of it's nearer to home because he was a late Orient before and I think he's a Londoner. And also quotas, so they need English players to, to qualify for their academy. So it would be a little bit like us last season just signing any old fool for the under 23s so he might have benefited a bit from that but yeah he's failing upwards I think it's the the cliche <laughs> and Tyler Denton's gone to Stevenage which um, he was quite he seemed quite sad about it he put like a, a montage out on social media and uh, talked about a Leeds fan from Leeds scoring for Leeds and that cup tight Luton so so he's fulfilled his uh, all his football dreams so he may as well just go and waste his time at Stevenage was Steve Evans ever at Stevenage but he's not there now so he's free in fact his manager at uh, Stevenage is a really interesting man. Go and Google Stevenage's manager and then uh, enjoy reading his Wikipedia page because it goes from, one, he played for loads of non-league clubs and then like played for them again and then managed them. He's done that circuit. And then he grew up in, I think, uh, he may be from Mauritius or something like this. Um, he had a goat when he was a kid that he named Gary after Gary Lineker. <laughs> <laughs> grew up in extreme poverty. It's, it's a really good story. Sounds like a dream you've had. <laughs> It's the dream that Tyler Denton is living. On to players that we didn't sign nor release. However, we've might as well fire up the rumour mill again. 
that Thomas Vermaelen, you say it's not really taken off, but you know, there's been a little bit of movement in the odds. So we managed to get it on the on the bookies register. Yeah, I think odds check around a story on it, didn't they? But you know, do we do we just double down on it this week? I mean, there was the very convincing photograph of him with his girlfriend at the Victoria Quarter <laughs> that I'm surprised wasn't uh, didn't get the the tabloids twitching more. I mean, I think it's fair to say that he's not been signed yet, so his his demands will be dropping, won't they? So he, he's probably coming into our price bracket now. Maybe at the start of the summer we thought we couldn't afford him, but now with the Janssen money in um, and his and him not being signed up, I think he's now affordable. On the other hand, is Michel Vorm a goalkeeper? He is because with the if Sean Dyche snaps up Bailey Peacock Farrell, and there are also rumours that we are um, hawking Kiko Casilla around. Maybe it's time we need to get the uh, the Casilla. Peacock Farrell replacement lined up. Do we want to go for a bit of Michelle Vorm? He's the only goalkeeper out there, unless we're going to do something really crazy with uh, Frank Ribery. I don't even know who he is. Michelle Vorm, he was at Swansea, went to Spurs, sat on their bench for a bit. I've told you before, I don't know anything about football. I only yeah. like Leeds, and that even that only really started when Bielsa came in. He's probably better than our goalkeepers. Hated him for years before that. He's <laughs> got that ring of uh, like a convincing idea about it, where you go for the experienced goal. He's basically he's the Kiko Kassir of uh, Spurs. I, think on the bench. I was going to say he's probably looking for that sweet third keeper spot at a big club though because where you get paid 30 grand for never ever playing football Rob Green's re- retired from Chelsea hasn't he so mm-hmm. that space is empty although uh, have you seen who's gone on Liverpool's USA tour Andy Lonergan yes why probably free of criminal convictions can get in the country that's, that's the only sort of criteria isn't it Alison Becker isn't back from international duty like they're giving him an extended break one of the other goalkeepers is uh, broken his hand they're basically they've only got Simone Mignolet uh, fit so the idea is the report I said said that he's not going to play unless something happens to Mignolet but he's going over there like to fill up the numbers at the training camp nice work if you can get it I mean I, if I'd known that was, was empty I would have gone I'd love Bailey Peacock Farrell to make a video of your goalkeeping. He could watch and learn. Hey, if you fancy supporting us, get behind the Extra Ball, our other podcast. It's two ninety nine a month. Your first month is free because uh, we are doing more podcasting and the more people that get behind the Extra Ball, the more podcasting we can do, like a great big giant snowball. On this week's episode, we're going to be looking at this one. Just a question around Marcelo Bielsa. Do you think that his approach to the second season in charge of Leeds will be different to last season, given how tough the league is um, and how frequent we're playing, obviously, Saturday, Tuesday, etc.? Do you think that he'll change his approach and style? If you want to get involved, check it out at thesquareball.net forward slash the extra ball. Hey, Moscow, when you were out and about on your travels, you went to Costa Coffee. Yeah. What did you buy? Got flat white. Who did you see? Uh, Paul Butler. What was he doing? Just being annoying. Where was this? Cheshire. Which part? <laughs> East. A bit more specific. Uh, it was King Street in Nutsford. No, it was uh, Top Street. It's Princess Street. I think, don't want that much detail. <laughs> God damn you. He was sitting in the window. Does that help? <laughs> yeah, you said he was being a bit leery towards women who were passing by. Yeah, there was uh, there was a lot of that going on. And he was dipping the marshmallows in his hot chocolate. It's not a euphemism. <laughs> yeah, so that was your player sighting. It just led us on to the question, who have you seen sort of out of context? Leeds players. Who have you got? One from Alex Laws on Twitter. Um, just seen, he says Neil Hunt, actually, but I think he, mean, he means Noel Hunt. How you could forget such a Leeds legend? I've, I've no idea. Why are you hanging the man out to dry who sent us this, this <laughs> nice just tweet? Just saying, if you're going to get another, few, there are a few hunts, but you know, Noel was the one played for us. Is he our biggest hunt? Uh, <laughs> arguably. He wasn't very good, was he? He was a useless hunt. Um, but he's just seen him at Steve Lomas Airport. Um, <laughs> 
Steve Lomas has an airport. Well, no, it's, it's the last Lomas resort, actually. Which Named is in, after him. Uh, Le Mans, I believe so, yes. Yeah. Uh, last Lomas meaning, of course, uh, the Lomas. <laughs> um, <laughs> after he went there on pre-season with Manchester City. Is in that true? 1994. Yes. I'm going to go with that. But he saw him there, but he thinks he was just there for the Wi-Fi, which is a throwback to... Was he crouched outside? Was that Costa? He was outside Costa in uh, Weatherby, now uh, more usually home to Marcelo Bielsa. But um, yes, they actually let Bielsa in, whereas Noel Hunt had to just, yeah, he was sitting in his car. No, he'd, he'd got out of the car and he was in the doorway, wasn't he? <laughs> Crouching. Yes. Someone suggested we should do a podcast from Costa Coffee in Weatherby. Just that one specifically. Now we're mobile. Now we've got the gear. It's not a bad idea, is it? Do live interviews. There's always people knocking around. I noticed um, Mujika was there the other day. He had a picture of him, I think. And I guess his mum stood by the, the sign for Weatherby and stuff. Just being It like, wasn't quite your Pierre-Michel Lasaga level n- of mother love. No, there was no groping going on. But, <laughs> but his, uh, mo- his mother looked perfectly nice. Regards to Mujika, did, did, did you notice on the um, the commentary there were... Mujuka. Mujuka, yeah. yeah. Those letters are the wrong way around. I did notice that. On the uh, the LUTV commentary. Anyway, uh, Izzy Levine's been in touch saying she was roaming around the streets of Verona, very civilised, and spotted a bustle around a particular shop. Went over and it was the Verona kit launch. And who is in Verona these days? But Marco Silvestri. And he was inside, through the other side of the window, went in with disbelief. And she said that (laughs) she'd seen his finest and worst during his time at Leeds, to which he asked how the club was doing and if the weather was still shit. It's not very nice of him, is it? (laughs) Still not learnt any bloody manners, has he? On balance, he was not that bad for us, really. And I mean, to be to have uh, even come back and had a decent career after that terrible back injury that he suffered before the Charlton game. Of course. That uh, horrendous wound. Kidney fell out of it, didn't it? <laughs> Scooped it back up, popped it back in and just stitched up that uh, yeah, he, gash. He just needed that one game to recover and then he was fine again. Zach, yeah, speaking of uh, softies, Zach Allen says um, that a girl I work with, brackets, a student... Is from Dan Saff, and she knows Patrick Bamford, is Esquire. It, isn't he from Nottingham? I yeah, mean, that from, is down south. He's from the bit of, of Nottingham that's down south, though, isn't he? His land probably stretches. <laughs> <laughs> she has fond memories of drinking with him while singing on karaoke, and the following is in quotes, so I guess it's straight from the, the lady herself. He has the voice of an angel, a combination of Fergie and Jesus. Which Fergie? Black Eyed Peas, I'd assume, unless it's <laughs> the, the hairdryer. <laughs> What do you what do you reckon Bamford's drinking on a night out? Dark fruits all day long. You reckon? I'm trying to fit in. I reckon he's having a, a craft ale, but not drinking it. Putting in the flower pot when no one's looking, and getting a smell off ice on the sly. <laughs> Leeds United, or some of them anyway, are in Australia now. Not not that many of them. My dad's there as well. I'm going to try and get hold of him on the phone as well and get some bits recorded from him for next week's podcast, which should be a laugh. If you can get a clear line to Australia, is that still the way it works? Sounds like a whistle-stop tour for Bielsa as well, doesn't it? Reports are to be believed he's only going to be in the country about 36 hours. Might not even bother watching. Too busy uh, watching Bradford against Liverpool mm. in pre-season for some reason. Checking out the wingers, they reckon. Noel Whelan was very confident that he uh, he personally met Jurgen Klopp, but I think that's because he's uh, he's basically trying to get on news now as much as possible, so he's just saying stuff. So there's all sorts of theories that he was uh, making notes on uh, Ryan Kent and then locked Jurgen Klopp in a cupboard until he let us have him. Seems fair. And then he's, uh, yeah, something he's just Maybe he wanted Andy Lonergan. <laughs> you know, he needs a goalkeeper. But yeah, he's, he's just going to go to uh, Australia for the scum game and then come back, by the sounds of it. 
So can we just uh, double check the name of this Australian side? We got it wrong because we were saying West Sydney Wanderers. Mm. Here it says Western Sydney Warriors. <laughs> oh, that might have been um, might be shoddy preparation. To be fair, I mean, who gives a fuck? Anyway? The whole point was their website carrying loads of nonsense about Don Review and uh, Peter Lormier. So <laughs> I, I don't feel like we need to show them that much respect. Are you going to be staying up to watch the uh, the Man U game at noon? Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I can just about stay awake that long, I think. And narcolepsy might be held off just long enough. You make it through that one all right, will you? Uh, yeah, I should just about stay awake till the end. We may as well just point out how badly this is prepared. Notable names left behind, it says on our sheet here, including Click, Clark, Coates. <laughs> I don't even know what Coates is. It's Costa. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to call him Coates from now on and make him... We're trying to... Anglicise um, Yeah, we're trying to get the quota of English players up, so we're just calling him Coates. Helder Coates. You could oh. just put it on the peg over there. Thank you. Oh, come on. That was funny. But yeah, we're, we're going at this very half-assed. I think I think we saw Scum giving, getting fucking Lee Grant to promote this and went, well, we're not sending Luke Ayling to, to face that sort of thing. But did you see that they got like a private jet in? They've got a specially bus that's been wrapped in Man United stuff. And I think we've just sort of tried to get in and out there as quietly and inconspicuously as possible. I was reading one kind of preview in an Australian publication that said that this what, was booked when they were, they were expecting us to be a sorry? Premier League team. I thought you said it was an Australian publication. Yes. It wouldn't have sounded like that, would it? <laughs> well, expecting them to be a Premier League team by the time they came down here, Cobb. Uh, <laughs> mate, big flaming galah, etc. I was trying to show some respect to our uh, colonial cousins, but you seem to want me to not to. But yeah, the, the the plan was that we would be a Premier League club, so we would probably have the wrapped bus. We probably would have had the couple of weeks down there and stuff, but instead we're still just uh, the championship shit on their shoes. So flying as late as possible. The hotel looks nice. Plane looked nice. I know it wasn't a private jet, but it looked... It looked all right. Jack Harrison looked tired. Could be busy, busy on the weights. Maybe that's why he was just like so upset that he he couldn't just hit the gym while he was on the plane. I love the idea that Alioski didn't travel because he couldn't be trusted. Imagine sat in business class. If you if you're not one of the Leeds players, you're in there, and Alioski's on the seat behind you, kicking, kick, 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 kick. You'd have to put him in uh, the, the cargo hold. hold. Yeah, he'd have to be in a cage, oxygen supplied, all that sorted out because you you know they can move animals all around the world now, so. They'd, uh, they'd have had to do that. Or maybe put him on a boat, send him separately. <laughs> if you put him on a boat, he would have dived overboard and tried to swim. <laughs> Wouldn't he? He'd have stolen it. He'd be a pirate by now. <laughs> be roaming the South Seas. <laughs> holding up merchant shipping. <laughs> Not for profit, just for glory. I suppose it's quite a big game. We are playing scum, but... Um, oh, I don't care. No. I mean, we'll enjoy it if we beat them, but really, I mean, we'll beat them because we're miles better than them. Neil Kilkenny and uh, Shane Lowry have already tried and failed, played against them for Perth Glory, 2-0 defeat. So I wonder if that's because Andy Keogh also plays for Perth Glory, but he wasn't in the squad. So that might have been the difference. We are going to run the rule over our uh, Australian link in the extra ball this week as well. So that'll be worth a listen if you're a subscriber to that. Moving on from that, we might be wearing our new kit down under. What do you reckon to it? Because we were commenting last week on the rumours, obviously slightly old news now, but we've seen it and it's uh, it's white and it's got, well, what is that colour that's with it? Is it Eddie Gray? It's um, Leslie Silver. It's platinum, isn't it? It's supposed to be platinum, which is the colour of a hundredth anniversary. But then it turns out it's like it's a number of 70 and upwards. So you can, just, you can say it's, it, it could be our 113th and you'd say, yeah. 
platinum. I don't know. It's grey. It is grey. It it's grey. I thought it was nice. I presume it's because when the club was founded, everything was in black and white. So we've just gone for that. Maybe. I don't know. The more I, I didn't mind it when it first came out. It's like, yeah, it's white with some trim. The more I kind of look at it, uh, yeah, the less I like it. Look at the positives. It's got a colourful badge, which I was, mm. I thought I was fully expecting it to be a, a monotone badge, but I don't like the badge. Was the main issue with that, Lynn? There's too many colours, isn't there? Because it's a white shirt with the platinum mm, trim and, and sponsor. Gold. And then you've got the the gold garlands and around the badge. And then the badge itself is yellow and blue with some white on it. And it's just like, I almost might have preferred it if they'd gone with gold trim to sew it all tied together. I'll, or, make, I'll make the gold bit on the badge platinum as well. Yeah. You wouldn't, well, have, you wouldn't have like a, a gold wedding ring with a platinum engagement ring, would you? It'd look wrong. You wouldn't get either of those. That's too expensive, isn't it? eBay. Yeah. Some out for eBay. Yeah, I was going to say, do they sell those in Argos? <laughs> um, There's nothing wrong with Lizzie Duke. But then the other side to this is if you were to try and design, there's a lot of pressure on the centenary kit. I don't think they've quite nailed it, but then what would like, what would the perfect centenary kit be? Do you go as plain white as you can? Do you go for blue and yellow trim? Because that might just say, well, it's not, that's not exciting. You want something special and they've done something special, but they picked platinum and, and so, so whatever you do is kind of, it's going to be wrong. So it could be a lot worse. It could. It's, and I think it might look, um, better from a distance when they're wearing it. I think the problem is it's a bit unremarkable. It could, it could have been any season, really. That's kind of what I'm getting at. It's like, what would a remarkable centenary kit be like? It, there's that temptation of getting towards those those like badge designs where people are like ramming a peacock's neck up an owl's ass and all this kind of stuff <laughs> and putting it in a smiley badge mouth and things and yeah. like Lucas the cop cat appears for no reason. It's all that kind of stuff. There's so many references that they've, you know, they've kind they've, you can they've tried to keep it Classy, plain white, badge, platinum trim. In theory, that sounds fine. It's just the execution just seems a little... Maybe it's the big fuck-off betting sponsor. I don't know. Although if 32 Red do want to uh, sponsor the podcast, (laughs) we'll um, we'll gladly get all your children hooked. (laughs) (laughs) We'll plug your fixed fixed odds betting terminals. It's it's how Michael's uh, become a happy grown adult man is betting at every opportunity you can find. I only make myself sad with betting though. Well, that's the whole point, isn't it? <laughs> it's true. I was going to suggest doing what, um, and I think we might have spoken about this some time ago now on the podcast, was they could have maybe released like a match day kit like this one that's going to keep 32 Red happy with a sponsor visible, but actually done everything in like all white. So your 32 Red is on it, but in white. Mm. I think it was Liverpool uh, released a non-match uh, day kit. It was like in black with black sponsors. It looked really, really cool. I thought yeah. we could have done similar. Just made it absolutely minimal white. Well, we do have, we now know, like we saw last season, that we released like three sets of training wear through the seasons, like month by month, you get different ones. So it could be that there'll be some really nice training tops at some point. Still got the away kit to come. The goalkeeper kit was quite exciting, although you wouldn't know it from Bailey's face. And um, there'll be a third kit, perhaps, maybe a one-off kit for the centenary. We'll just have kits coming out of our ears by the end of the season. We'll be sick of kits. Wishing they were wearing, like playing naked. I think we are going to get an all gold away kit. That's what I th- I'm still putting think? on. Yeah. I think it's going to be in that sort of dark blue that they've been using with gold, mainly gold with a dark blue trim, probably similar to this home kit. Mm. Is the bus seat fully retired this season? Wore it against Geisley. Yeah, it was a bit poor that we didn't wear the new kit for the friendlies. I think they'll keep the, maybe keep the bus kit as a third and mm. then uh, go all gold for the away. I think we'll get all new kits. I don't think the bus kit will be hanging around. It's not a centenary kit, is it? But it's wild. I like the bus kit. 
Well, according to commercial director Paul Bell, we sold 72,000 shirts last season, which seems like a lot. And at £50 a throw, I did the maths myself personally, £3.6 million. Not even taking into account a body fit version of these things is £70. We only sold about six of those. For less material. I know when it's on, it looks like a lot of material. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I won't be buying one of those. Get Jack Harrison on it. So I guess it's that, so that'll help. And we haven't got, uh, we haven't mentioned Centenary Square that's um, been announced as part of the celebrations as well. We're going to put a load of stones and some benches and an aluminium wall outside the pavilion with the name of every single player to have ever played for Leeds United on it. Adam Johnson will be on that. Yes, he will. Harry Cure, all your favourites. Armando Sarr, at least he'll be quick to uh, to engrave. Yeah, obviously there are problems, but, um, you know, the, the principle seems sound if you like every single player. Unfortunately, I kind of rationalised it all to myself, thinking, like, you don't have to regard it necessarily as an honour. It's just a fact. Like, the fact that Kevin Nichols is on the the board of captains that they have in the executive areas, it's just a fact. And, and you don't have to look at it and go, oh, yeah, wasn't Kevin Nichols brilliant? You look at it and you go, oh, yeah, that prick. So it, it's that's part of history as well. When you've got 100 years, you're going to look at some of those players and you're going to think, oh, Eddie Gray, absolute legend. And then you're going to think, Harry Kuehl, prick. And that's just the story of the club. Unfortunately, yeah, then Angus Kinnear's comments are, um, this is a great way of commemorating all our, the wonderful players. He plays like, no, keep keep the lid on that part to say, commemorate the history. And uh, But they're going to make it... Um, nice out the front of the pavilion so it's going to be a bit more of a um, like a place where you can sit and meet people less like a warehouse just off the M621 benches are probably a good idea and and try and so now it's Lowfields Road is sort of starting to feel a little bit like you can go from Bremner Square I'm hoping that this kind of means that they might be making a bit more of the area around Don Revy's statue they can find somewhere else for the the parking spots in front of the scooter parking the disabled parking there like follow the principle of having these nice paved areas with seats and have this like walkway down the low fields and maybe some special plinths for fanzine sellers to, to stand upon and maybe uh, shelter from the rain. That would be a, that would be a nice thing as well. What's the status of the pavilion now? Cause that was a officially a temporary building when it was, when it was put up, has it been given granted more years? I think it must've been. Yeah. Cause the original thing was it would have to come down after we'd hosted the 2018 world cup so it was given permission to take us I through that. that. Yeah, no, it was great. Should have gone to that. But yeah, I think it's it's pretty uh, established that it, it's not going anywhere now because it's the biggest conference centre between, where was it? Newcastle and the South Seas, <laughs> where Alioski reigns. It does its, it serves its purpose. We'd miss it if it was gone. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this show ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Let's check in on the Blasphemy Baton now, then for the benefit of you if you're a new listener. This we created as a test of God's preference. Well, I say we created. The Lord himself created it, really. Bielsa. Created everything. Heavens, the earth. Mm -hmm. Definitely Bielsa. The firmament. What's what's the firmament? The sky. Is it? Mm -hmm. That as well. We keep moving all our fixtures around. Light bulb. <laughs> uh, the blasphemy baton. It was created as a test of uh, God's preference in January when we took on Stoke because their manager Nathan Jones is very, very religious and he puts his success in the game down to the Lord. Uh, so we wondered, would the Lord prefer Leeds or Stoke? We found out it was Stoke, and then since then the blasphemy baton changed hands through victory, and it ended the season at Nottingham Forest, who 
They took it to Greece last time we heard. How did they get on in Greece? They played Atromitos, which I'm sure somebody's going to pick up on. Atromitos! Uh, at the weekend, they beat them 3-0. They're playing Olympiakos Piraeus on Tuesday. So unless they can beat Nottingham Forest, the tricky trees will be bringing the god rod back like a, a burning bush of victory coming back over the seas to... Uh, to the Midlands. Who's their next game against? So they play Palace, so it could end up with Roy Hodgson in charge of the Godrod soon. And possibly in the Premier League? Doesn't belong there. We need it back. Unless we can catch it up next season. I think our paths will cross again one day. When Crystal Palace are relegated. Yeah, probably, yeah. <laughs> when we're still swimming around in this division in five years' time. Right then, let's pick this week's heroes and villains. First of all, we do villains. This is an acknowledgement of people who've made our lives slightly worse. It's named in honour of Ken, and he also, as his custom, gets the first nomination for some spurious reason. What's it going to be? For not getting proper planning permission on the pavilion when he made it. Should have done a proper building there. Instead, chucked up a tin shed, and they were like, oh, that probably won't last beyond 2018. Let's not give it a proper licence. That box is ticked. Who else? Uh, Marcelo Bielsa. This feels like a big call. Well, it's a big lie. Marcelo Bielsa has started telling lies. I don't know if this is, well, we know that he has lied before because he apologised to Hernan Crespo 15 years later publicly. But no, he's uh, straight out uh, gone over to Geisley's co-manager after the game and he takes up the story. He said, uh, after the game, Bielsa sent his interpreter to thank us for a good game. I'm in heaven. He's a managerial icon. His interpreter asked what league we're in. When we said the National League, Marcelo shook his head and pointed up. He's impressed. As if Marcelo Bielsa has not watched every Geisley match last season and doesn't know perfectly well not only what division they play in now, but what divisions they're going to be playing in for the next 10 years. But to make uh, Marcus Big Knock just feel a little bit more like a Big Knock, he's, uh, he's told him a big lie and said that, uh, oh, so, my God, you you must be a League One team the way you played. What? National League? I don't believe it. Well, you'll be promoted very soon. Get us out of here. So, yeah, Marcelo Bielsa started telling lies. I don't know if it's because uh, Salim Lamarani's not around to uh, keep him on the straight and narrow, but it's a worrying sign. Marcus Bignot, I remember from the fantasy football, the Bedeal and Skinner thing from the 90s, they used to do a bit on it where they'd say hello to a footballer. Um, as in this week was saying a big hello to and one of the weeks it was Marcus Bignot I was stuck in my head so he's, I'm glad he's found fame again probably a sign of the times but when I first saw this I read that as Bigno because <laughs> I think we talked about Mignolet before my, my brain went to the same place uh, I, wish we, I wish we'd got you to read it <laughs> who's Mark, Marcus Bigno <laughs> bonjour je suis Marcus Bigno as your manager de Gaisley Juizle who else if we're going if we're going to uh, I think Deren Deren Bon <laughs> Is it Darren Bon <laughs> or Darren Bent for trying to encourage Calvin Phillips to, uh, he said, I'd like to see Calvin Phillips moved on. He's earned that Premier League status. He can go to Spurs quite easily and you yeah. can fuck off quite easily, Darren Bent. <laughs> uh, speaking of people who can fuck off, uh, Keith White from the from Manchester United's Brisbane support team, which uh, sounds like some kind of IT support line, but I think it's a like a fan club, about uh, Leeds fans uh, arriving in uh, Australia at the weekend, uh, says, uh, and talking about the rivalry that the two clubs have, it's just gone back several years and Leeds people aren't a very nice set of people as you'll see on Saturday night. That's not helping to calm down anything before a match. The, the, the report was all about how the local police are refusing to say whether they've put any extra security measures in place. And it's like, I should just say, 
like if you want to ring them up and tell them that your dad is there and that they probably should, that's, I'll leave that in your capable hands. Dave's a threat. <laughs> We've only taken a hundred or so fans, haven't we? Mm, but uh, be fine. But however many there are, yeah. Can we get banned from international competition <laughs> at this stage? <laughs> Leeds people aren't a very nice set of people, as you'll see on Saturday night. I'd actually, I'd almost like if you are on your way down to Australia or you're already there Saturday night. Behave yourselves. Absolutely impeccable. One old ladies being helped across the streets, paying for people's drinks in, in bars, litter picking. Go litter picking. Just to prove this wanker wrong. And then uh, Sunday morning, go and knock his chin off. Have you heard about the uh, the rules in Sydney? I believe this is still the case. You're not allowed in by law into any venue after 1.30. So if you leave like a pub or a bar or whatever, you're not allowed in. For, for what purpose? It's basically like to stop the streets getting infested with people or people getting excessively drunk, I think. You've got to go home. If you get, if you leave a venue after one thirty, that's it, you're done. This is the kind of advice I hope the club has given our supporters who are out there. That's what you need. You must never leave. Don't there, be tricked either. However, there is a caveat to that in that there are certain venues outside the exclusion zone. And the quote that I read was a guy pointing out that the casino is outside the exclusion zone so you can go to the casino, which has since become a hotbed for violence. <laughs> <laughs> Proving that it doesn't work is what the quote was that I saw. Who else are we nominating? Brentford FC, we mentioned earlier on, they're banning their fans who pass tickets on to Leeds fans. That just seems mean. What, that they gave tickets to Leeds fans who had to sit through that performance last Well, that's year. mean as well, but also just then, like banning them. And just like stay out of our faces. I'm hearing too much about Brentford. Pontus Janssen, there's this Ramon Sawyer's link, then there's this. Got to look at Stuart Dallas all the time. It's all a bit like, calm it down. On a bit more of a serious tip, I've got a bit of a genuine grievance with Jack Clark this week about his quotes in the YEP. Mm. Here speaks a naive young man who should be advised better. Obviously, there was always a plan to move on from Leeds eventually, but I'd have much preferred it if we'd gone up last year. I mean, if you're coming back to a club on loan, don't start talking that club down. I think Ian Hart, as his agent, now you've had your money, maybe should have advised him to say, don't say that. To slightly defend Jacqueline. This was straight after the Geisley game, like his first game back. And he, it, like, if I was to do an impression of him saying it, it was a BBC Leeds interview. And it's like, yeah, like, obviously, he was planning to move on from like, Leeds eventually. But, like, you know, like, so it's not like he'd said. It sounded like he needed a kind of Red Bull then. Basically, yeah. He was like, or five. His, uh, his eyes were rolling to the back of his head. He was swaying from side to side. There was, uh, Andrea Law was in the background with a defibrillator, like really worried about, about what was going to happen. So I, I don't think he really thought through what he was saying. And also the time frame of what he was talking about, whether it was just like, yeah, from, from, he could have been talking about after the season ended and just sort of like, yeah, obviously after that, there was a pause of plan to move on from Leeds. Because, no, I mean, the shut was, up, shut up, child. We, we, you, yeah, exactly. You don't get to trash our football club. And also have a look around. You've not moved on. <laughs> Still here. But also, yeah, like... If the, anyone's going to slag off Leeds United, it'll be us. He's not said uh, anything that... Like, you can't really dispute somebody saying, obviously, there was always a plan to move on from Leeds eventually after it's happened. Because he has. So, you know, you can't go back and say, it didn't happen by surprise. Like he didn't wake up one day. He's like, oh shit, I've signed for Spurs. There was a plan. It no, happened. it's like, you pack your bags to leave home. I'm leaving you now because I'm not happy here anymore. And you come crawling back because you're miserable in your bed sit. So yes, I told you I was going to leave you. I'm glad she came back though. But yes, ill-advised, I think is the, uh, the euphemism of choice here. Who are you having? Keith White. He's even taken the, his name is our nickname. Yeah, I say Keith White. Yeah, I give it to Keith. I mean White, not Keith, by the way, in case someone was confused about the that. The Keiths. 
just that one Keith. He can have it. Keith White. Fair enough. I need to review the other Keiths before I make this sweeping judgment. There are some excellent Keiths out there. <laughs> right, on to heroes then. The Andy Hughes Hero Award, uh, named in honour of Husey, who symbolised everything that was good about our club. Heroism, fight, desire. And about our summer special. This is on the cover of it. Who do you want to nominate for an Andy Hughes Hero Award? Our debutant, our latest child star, Noah. I'm not even sure he pronounced his surname. I can only pronounce his surname like Neil Warnock says, Paddy <laughs> Kenne. That's how it was sounding on the, the commentary on LUTV. But if you, you take that as a guide. If you Google him, because I was to check his um, age, he has his own website, which he's very clearly made himself, which is knowenkenny.com with a subtitle of A Football Legend Is Born, which is obviously, it's obviously been done when he was a few years younger. I'd guess he was probably about 13, 14 when he's made this website by the looks mm, of it. It's quite up to date. It oh, talks it? about him being like playing in a under-16s tournament. Mind you, he is 16. Yeah, exactly. So like 13, 14. No, I think it is quite relatively... <laughs> But it's very sweet yeah. anyway. No, it's it's lovely. I had a look as well. I kind of expected it to be a bit like this guy's a big star and like showreels of him doing mad skills. But it's actually got some really quite nice stuff about talking about how when he, because he's from Liberia uh, originally, talking about how his auntie and uncle looked after him. And when he's talking about going to, to school in Leeds, he put, I really love school and I cherish the opportunity to be admitted to this school to achieve a quality education. What a lovely young man. What a, what a nice young man. He's got some nice pictures of, of his family on there. Um, he loves Patrick Vieira. He talks about his favourite team, Leeds United. What so, he says about Patrick Vieira is very good, actually. He says, uh, he happens to be the man that has captured my admiration with his electrifying displays on the football pitch. The way he plays and the precision at which he passes the ball is absolutely spectacular. I love the way he handles the ball. I've tried to model my style of play after him and emulate his character. I mean, emulate's a nice word there. I'm seeing at least a B there at GCSE English. <laughs> he's a smart fella and he, yeah, his website, it, it's quite... Um, it's like a throwback to the early days of the internet where you would just like, people would just register their own names and make a website to say like, hi, <laughs> this is me at my About Me page. I don't think it has like a, a visitor counter. That's the one thing it's lacking from mm. its, its real GeoCities pump. But uh, it's it's very good. It's reassuring for uh, for the future. And when he uh, updates it at the end of the season to talk about um, playing 46 games in the championship and winning the winning the league with Leeds United. Do you know what that is? That's one of their IT projects, isn't it? That's what's happened here. Probably is. But he, he likes his, he wants a quality education. So he's just trying to better himself in as many ways as he can. It looks like he's getting it. Who else? Uh, Stuart, the generous Dallas for taking in Salim Lamrani at Christmas. Salim, even though he's uh, apparently left Leeds United, um, still not confirmed yet, but he's taken to making like photo and text montages for social media and telling a story explaining uh, the nickname for Stuart, the generous Dallas, who, uh, yeah, apparently asked Salim what he was doing at Christmas time. And Christmas, uh, Salim said he had no plans because his family was uh, elsewhere. So Stuart immediately invited him to have Christmas dinner with his uh, his beautiful wife and his three young children. And uh, Salim said, such an act of goodness. Anything to dilute time with those animals. <laughs> such an act of goodness in such a private and intimate moment defines in the best possible way the person he is. I bet he wouldn't even cheat at Monopoly, would he either? He'd probably tell the kids, let the guest win. But then would uh, Salim Lamrani get involved in a game of Monopoly? It's capitalist Hegemony, it's just a tool of the state to... This rent, this rent looks a bit a bit steep. I shall charge less. He would just, he'd just redistribute all the uh, the property among the people. I'm surprised even, like, that's probably... I was, the answer was, I don't celebrate bread uh, Christmas because I'm an atheist and uh, I don't believe in uh, Coca-Cola. Who else we got? 
couple of uh, former youth players back from the dead. Almost uh, A.D. White playing his first football in 30 months. That's an incredible layoff. I mean, I've, I've not played football in about that. I mean, I'm sure he has played some football. Whereas I say, if I say I've not played football in 30 months, it means like I've not even kicked one once. I'm sure he has. I'm sure he's had some training sessions. It's nice for it's nice for Eddie White to be back. He was a, a good player and he looked like he'd be a really good player at one point before he got played at number 10 and got injured a lot. They've given him the reassuring squad number of three for this season. Nice. That sounds like... Correct. <laughs> somebody's finally gone back to, the, back to his roots. Uh, and, and Chris Dawson, who probably isn't that young anymore, but he's just signed for Scarborough Athletic who I presume will be managed by Neil Warnock soon. Because didn't Warnock have him, have him at Rotherham as well? I think it's following did, yeah. from Leeds to Rotherham is like, where's that little shit gone now? <laughs> Get that manager sacked. I'm putting in. Who else we got? David at Barclays. Oh, he's done so much. Who, who even knows? I mean, it's too much maybe. Who can even begin to describe the ways? Stuart Dallas. <laughs> Could learn a thing or two from David at Barclays. Pontus Janssen's wife also uh, thanked him specifically um, in her farewell message on Twitter, David at Barclays for every little and big thing you have done and helped us with. So I guess we should be uh, grateful for every little and big thing that he's done as well to make uh, Pontus Norse's time in Yorkshire a happy and pleasant one. Who's your Andy Hughes hero? I mean, David's making a strong claim, really. I want to give it to um, to Kenny because I want to see if we appear on his list of achievements if he wins this award. He might update his website. There's a chance. I'm happy about that, yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Well done, Noan. That wraps up this episode of the Square Ball podcast. Paper copies of the summer special. Thank you if you bought one. Now sold out. We'll probably do a bigger print run, I would imagine, next time. However, you can get your hands on a digital copy, which is now on sale. Subscriptions for the new season as well on sale. Digital or paper, whatever is your preference, you can find them both at the squareball.net. Michael, you're not here next week. Seems not, no. Another holiday gallivanting off again. Mm. Yes, but you know, they'll last for for a while. Twice in a year. The life I lead, eh? So should we draft in a replacement? Yeah, I think we'll we'll be able to find uh, somebody... Loan um, loan to buy? 15 million fee agreed in advance. It was always my plan to leave the square ball. (laughs) Another thing to watch out for, by the way, this week we're off to interview John Helm, who you'll know famously did this bit of commentary. Again, it'll be towards Chapman, headed out. And now McAllister back from Strachan. Here's Strachan again! seen a better goal and now we have seen one better time and Gordon Strachan with his 18th goal of this memorable season at Ellen Road may well have struck the richest goal of his career we're going to his house we're going to have a chat to him which is going to be lovely so we'll bring that to you next week and that's it for this one thanks for listening we'll speak to you soon the square ball podcast Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this show ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.